The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Programming note, this show was recorded before the stupid NCAA decision, so that'll be reflected on tomorrow's show. The NCAA is a crime syndicate, M-I-Z. As a true football fan, you already know every weekend our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They also have all the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. We're on Earth, in case you guys didn't know. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, like Caleb the Greek, pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come together, the rewards will be huge. They will be huge. Take it from the Greek. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. You don't have to be Wolfgang Amadeus Einstein to know this is a smart move. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And possibly laid. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Bryant with the time. The pass. And off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left side line around the back. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Jonathan Nance's defense attorney, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not with us for the second week in a row, Caleb Bungart, who is not at a fancy country club resort meeting tonight, Colin. He is having Thanksgiving dinner, I guess a week before Thanksgiving for some reason, unexplained to us. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure what that's about. Other than he doesn't honor this country and its holidays and the proper days that they're celebrated on. Well, I mean, you know, Caleb is, you know, basically not American. Mm -hmm. That's true. He's a traitor to his nation. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, he's not on the show tonight, so he is a traitor to us. But uh, don't really blame him because uh, the season is uh, mercifully circling the drain and it's almost there. It's almost reached its destination. But before we get to Arkansas for a final terrible, terrible game of the season, we had one last one, the penultimate terrible game. Missouri lost to Tennessee 24-20. Yep. It was awful. It really was. It was. I'm, I'm, I'm Brendan. I'm honestly watching it right now with it muted as we speak. Oh, and, we're not uh, supposed to talk about that. It doesn't get better in a second watching. <laughs> Good things aren't happening this time around. No, no. Kelly Bryant is still bad at football, as far as I can tell. It was weird. I mean, it wasn't. It was different. I would say that. So this is a, now a five-game losing streak. This is the third 
five-game losing streak in Barry Odom's four-year tenure here at Mizzou, which is, by the way, is bad. But, you know, he's got the most wins in his first four seasons than anybody since fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah, Warren, old yeah, man Winter. Warren and Powers. Like, yeah, since since 100 years ago. Well, well, I mean, how fucking next-gen stats did you have to dig to get that out of there? You know what I mean? Like, if you're pulling that out of your hat, you know, that's... You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like Butch Jones bragging about Tennessee's GPA when they're losing all those games. It's like, buddy, if you're fucking leaning on the GPA, you got problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and who do you think he's fooling with that? I mean, he's in the press room with a bunch of people who've been doing nothing but writing bad stats for the Tigers all year long. I think they can see through it. Yeah, well, or maybe it's for Jim Sterk. Do you think? Do you think Jim Sterk's an idiot? Do you think you become a, the athletic director of a major Division One SEC college by being a fucking moron? No, because. You would, for, for to think that 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 statistic is going to in some way sway Jim Sterk one way or another, you'd have to imagine he's a complete idiot. Yep, and I don't think that he is. And no, I, I don't, don't either. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's fooled here. It, it, it's bad, and it, and it just gets. I mean, it was bad after Vanderbilt, and then after Vanderbilt and Kentucky, it was really bad. And then after the third game, I mean, granted, Georgia nobody expected us to win, but now it's a three-game losing streak. Then you throw Florida on top. Now Tennessee, it's. I mean. It's historic now. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's one of those seasons we're going to talk about being like, oh, remember that horrible 2019 season? God, we thought we were going to, we thought we could compete for the division. You know, and then well, I think what's so disappointed about you know this game specifically is it's the the awfulness seems to be like leaking into the defense. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just, I mean, we still only gave up what 24, and which is a respectable number, but I mean, I don't. The secondary looked like shit. Yeah. Oh, well, they didn't. Tennessee didn't run the ball. And honestly, I think they had a pretty smart game plan offensively, which is they have a good passing game. And I think if you look at our defense and you say, OK, where are the faults in Missouri's defense? Well, the secondary isn't as good as the front line and the linebacking core. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, my, my thought is I remember talking on the phone when we were playing, playing Kentucky. I went on the radio for one of the you know the sports radio stations out in Kentucky, and they were asking me about the Mizzou secondary, and I just like and how impressive they were because they ranked highly in the SEC, blah blah blah. And I was like, really? I mean, like I know you guys just don't know anything about the Tigers, and you're just looking at stats, but I'm gonna tell you what it hasn't been impressive. Do you know what I mean? Like the secondary has been okay, but they certainly haven't been good. And and I told them in that interview, I was like, I think we get we're getting pressure up front more so than we had the last couple of years, which makes the secondary look a lot better. And with Nick Bolton and before when we had Kel Garrett, those those guys make everybody look better. But I think you're right. Uh, Tennessee was like, you know what these guys do? They they can stop the run all right. They got some. They can get they can uh, get into the backfield. And, you know, Nick Bolton is a impressive linebacker. So let's just stay away from all that and let's just go to the air. Well, and then it didn't hurt Tennessee that AC would be out for that entire game. And then very early on, uh, Jarvis Ware on a tackle play um, clearly got his bell rung. And I think he yeah. had a concussion. And we didn't see him the rest of the game. So two of our top defenders in the secondary were out. And they just said, you know what, we are going to put this to the test. And they were right to do it when we didn't give up the long pass. We had a pass interference penalty. Now, at least one of those pass interference penalties was complete garbage. It's like Jeremiah Tillman was out there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just a ghost call bullshit. And, you know, the SEC officiating is good to fuck us over for a major penalty that leads to a touchdown every game. And we're, de- we're good for one of those. but uh, And we got it. Yeah. But there's no excusing the secondary and the way they played because a lot of those PI calls were accurate. We were all over them. We could well, not keep up with their 
wide receivers. It, the first or second one was against Holmes. You remember? I don't know if yeah. you remember this one, but he literally. Oh, he had I two mean, or three. It looked like he was packing them down for the airport. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like how are you? Do you think you're going to get away with that? No, I think that they. Uh, it's just a sign of desperation where you know you can't cover this guy, so you're just going to be all well, over him. My thought is: Is that guy? Is he really bad at football? Is he really dumb, or is he just really poorly coached, or some combination of of all three? But like. What I'm telling you, you can't do is just lay your mitts all over somebody. I mean, no, it's blatant. It was blatant, and it's like, God damn, man. Well, come on, like, I think I, a little shirt tug. If somebody's getting away from you or making a cut, and you a little shirt tug, or you you sort of hook that arm around them and try to slow them up. I mean, I can, I, and you get caught. Like I get it, but like when you're just full on. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm hugging people. Well, I mean, what it tells me is that he knows he's beat. He knows he's beat. And so he'd rather give up 15 yards on a penalty than a touchdown. You know what I mean? So he just doesn't care. I guess if he's doing that math, maybe he's not stupid. I just wish he didn't get beat. (laughs) Yeah, but they were routinely getting beat. And then, of course, the offense, I think, is worth talking about, too, for Missouri because – they weren't quite as just pulseless, I guess, in this game. You know, in the past few games, we haven't even been able to work together a first down barely. And yeah. we had a few drives that we were sustaining and we would mm-hmm. get big plays and move forward. And Albert O did not play this game, so he didn't have any terrible personal foul calls against or unsportsmanlike calls against him to uh, kill drives. But uh, anyway, we, we put a few points on the board, not a ton, nothing impressive by any means, but certainly broke out of what we'd seen in the past. And Derek Dooley and Barry Odom finally pulled out a little bit of the back of the playbook and tried to do some desperate things, you know, went for it on fourth down, had a little bit of, you know, razzle dazzle with Michael Wilson catching the, the uh, lateral and then throwing to Beatty for the touchdown. I mean, we hadn't mm. seen any of that in the past, and you think yeah, it makes you, you wonder like where's that been? And it, and unfortunately for us, it makes it, it seems like you have to be 
on a four-game losing streak before I'll even consider those plays. Well, that's what I said last week. It's yep. just like, this is getting desperate. Like, why aren't we trying things? And even then, in this game, we had the God, ball with Nick four. Nick a fucking stud. Sorry, I'm watching the game as we speak. He's just such a stud. Oh, my open God. Open field tackle. I'm just like, God, he's open field, and he just sticks a guy. Like, God damn. Well, Sorry, I got sidetracked. No, it's it's worth noting, too, that the defense, even though they were getting burned deep on in secondary, they were hitting hard, I felt like. When I was watching those hits, you know, a lot of those guys had to got their teeth shaken, and anybody that Nick Bolton touched was in for a world of hurt because he played I, out of I his mind. Know, if Nick Bolton doesn't doesn't get drafted, I don't know anything about football. The saddest you know, thing is to see I, how I've, he is he is markedly better at tackling than anyone else on the football field on both sides of the ball. You know what I mean? Like he is. I am a novice. You know what I mean? I'm a fan, and if I can see how much better he is than everybody else. And I would think a, a fucking scout was like, wow, this guy's really good. You know what I mean? Like, because it's, it's obvious. Well, the sad thing is to think, and it's a long time ago now, but how good Kale Garrett was playing. I mean, Kale Garrett was mm-hmm. playing all-American level football. And to have those two guys as your lead linebackers, it, what could have been in this season. You know, I mean, this is a season oh, of the, what could have been. That's the of what could have been. And, I mean, the thing about the offense and the, the record, which now we're going into our final game of the season, if we – if we do beat Arkansas, we'll be six and six and limping into a bowl game. If the NCAA comes out and says we can play a bowl game, which is a big if, but this season is an absolute disaster because I mean, you just look at we've talked. I mean, we talked it to death. It's just yeah, it's, such a fucking it's disaster. Complete unadulterated shit. It's it's a unmitigated disaster. It's it's. I think we called it in the midweek show reprehensible garbage. Yeah, I think that still qualifies. Just, just complete and total trash. <laughs> Stinking, festering piles of burning cat shit on top of a barbecue grill or a George Foreman. That's what this season is. Covered in hair. It's bad. Colin, I, I, Filled I, with AIDS blood. <laughs> you know, feline AIDS. Yeah, I think it's we're starting to get the picture now. I, I mean, I don't know. What, what, are we, what are we even talking about here? I mean, Barry Odom, he could, he could win against Arkansas. I mean, I just can't imagine you hanging somebody's job on how they do against the worst team in the SEC. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think the body of work is there. Three five-game losing streaks in a four-year span. That's the, you know, when we talk about the things that Barry Odom has accomplished, I think that's what it glosses over. You know, five-game losing streaks. You know, you can't have a good team who's had a five-game losing streak, but we've had those teams. So, I I mean, shit. They always have felt better because he gave us a spoonful of sugar at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. We ain't doing it that way this year. He's given us the the five-game losing streak, which could be six-game losing streak, at the end of the year. And we we end the season with clear eyes about Barry Odom. You know, we're not delusioned by uh, some late heroics. Well, and I I honestly... Maybe the press are asking these questions, and I don't know. I doubt that they are. But my, my, my I'm curious about the use of Kelly Bryant because I know Kelly Bryant is better than he's been for the Tigers. He's got, you know, what I mean, like he is a very mobile, fast, elusive quarterback. He's hard to bring down. You know, like you very rarely see the, uh, you know, they, them run an option to the outside. You know, and they, they do run those ran, run pass options, the RGOs, RPOs, uh, and stuff. And he chooses to pass a lot of times, I think. But the, the point is, is like the the offense seems. Like it doesn't utilize his skill set much, and you know there's not a lot of designed runs. Uh, I don't know. I it just feels like to me this a three headed beast is what this offense should be as far as running goes. It should be Beatty, Roundtree, and Kelly Bryant. 
And instead, it's basically just round tree, jam it up the fucking middle for one yard. Yeah, that's the thing is, I mean, our offense has been, when we talked about predictable, it's either our running game is, is round tree, who has been admittedly just disappointing this year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He has not been impressed. Everybody's been disappointed yeah. for Nick Bolton. That's right. And, but I mean, so the, when we run it, it's usually like a round tree for a yard. And then when we pass it, Kelly Bryant looks around downfield, maybe goes to a check down. If he doesn't go to the check down, tosses it out of bounds and oftentimes gets a, Intentional grounding penalty. I mean, he's had a lot of intentional grounding penalties. And I feel like that is, along with 12 men on the field, is one of the most embarrassing penalties you can have. You know, it just smacks of lack of preparation or mental lapses because you can prevent an intentional grounding penalty. You know what I mean? Like, Well, you just got to get outside the tackle box. And he, that's one thing he's very capable of doing. But there are times he's gotten intentional grounding penalties. It's like he just took them on purpose. It's terrible penalties. You lose the down. Yeah, I, I am. God damn, I'm watching the game right now. Like I said, I mean, they just ran a, this wasn't a screen, but sort of a running back pass out of the backfield. And there's just no blocking out in front of it. I'm just like, I. it's hard to say it's a bad, bad play call because there, obviously there's very, very, very poor execution. Or maybe it's just a play where nobody blocks. But I find that hard to believe. Yeah, <laughs> but well, anyway, watching the game, you just go. And especially, it's almost better to watch it muted. You know what I mean? Because you're not getting some. It's not getting the game isn't being filtered through the eyes of the announcers for you. You just get to watch the disaster. Like I just watched Kelly Bryant throw a ball at a guy's feet. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, it's uh, well, and Colin, there were like screen passes that looked like they were well designed and had two big blockers for Roundtree on a couple, or maybe it was Beatty. And you know what I mean? Like I could see the blockers run out in front and the, and, it, and the way the play was set up seemed to be unfolding properly. But Beatty caught the pass and immediately like got caught. The thing about Beatty is he's small. So if somebody grabs his jersey, he goes down. And mm-hmm. what looked like a good play for potential big yards went nowhere, as all of our plays do, went nowhere. You know, if we got a 20-yard pickup on Saturday's game, we thought, holy hell, this is one of the bigger plays we've seen all year. Nobody breaks free anymore. Yeah. Because the season's been so bad, there's any kind of complaint you can have has been leveled out there. And the one you hear a lot is whether the team quit. And it's hard not to say that they've quit because well, I can just tell the team's you so talented. The game and watching the last few games is the offensive line is is not playing to their potential. They're playing embarrassingly, really. I mean, they're getting pushed and shoved around. I mean, uh, they're being soft. They're soft as shit. They're soft as charm, and they're ten ply soft. Yeah, and and that's where just like with the defense, where he said it made the secondary look better because our line was playing well. It's the same thing with the offense. Everybody else looks bad because the offensive line is failing them. But at the same time, there are plenty of plays where Kelly Bryant has all kinds of time, and he just can't seem to find anybody. And you know, guys like Bannister get open all the time, and he's that's only a good just. Point, start- I, I should I should qualify that remark by saying. They have not been that bad pass protection. They, but they are not any good at run blocking, and and they they have been at times, which is why I know they're not playing well. And plus, you just watch the replays, and you're watching, you know, our running backs having a, uh, having an offensive line basically pushing their lap. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not hard to see. But you're right. Kelly Bryant has had plenty of opportunities to throw the ball with plenty of time. He's uh he's not forced out of the pocket a lot. He's not sacked a lot. The offensive line is is decent as at pass blocking, but they're 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 not road graders or uh, I don't know. It's it's just so disappointing. It's I just watching this game again. I just there's no part of this game that I'm happy about. There's no part of our team that I'm that is good enough. You know, we lost to Vanderbilt, and that's embarrassing as a program. But losing to Tennessee, I mean, I hate Tennessee so bad. 
You just hate them, you know, and they're not anything good tonight. No, I mean, they're not really this good. Weekend. They're not any good. No. They're not good yet, and maybe they'll be good, but they're not right now, and we have the personnel to beat them. And yeah, that's right. And I mean, and they'd been riding the ship, but we watched this team play. And keep in mind, this is a bad Missouri team that is circling the drain, and we only lost this game by four points. You know, we were competitive <laughs> theoretically in this game, and that says how beatable Tennessee was. You know, yeah. it's just, I mean, I really am ready to hit the reset button on, on football. You know what I mean? Like we, we're doing a football podcast and we're like, God damn, everything's bad all the time. I mean, I guess we've done this through five game losing streaks before Colin, but it just, it feels worse. Well, and I, I mean, we talked about it not that long ago, we started doing this show when we were in doing, winning SEC East championships. Yeah. And since that time, it has just been a slow slide down the drain. You know what I mean? Just a, God, it's not been great. It's not been fun. You know, we, we've also often talked about the potential of this show if we were ever successful. Yeah, because we've never actually, we've never actually had a Mazadcast season when everything was just rocking and rolling. You know, we started in 2014. Like we, we have, we have enough listeners to do this show. You know what I mean? Like we are, we have sponsors. It is worth our effort. And we, it's, it's become that with a terrible football team to watch most seasons. I can't help but wonder how many people would listen to the show if people were excited about football. Because I know, I mean, every, everybody's the same. You like when you, you cannot get enough, hear enough about your team when they're doing well. But when you're losing to Tennessee at home on a five game losing streak, you know, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to watch or listen to that. No, and it I doesn't want make you be reminded of this garbage. <laughs> and again, I will remind you, you're not a bad fan if you're upset that your team loses five in a row, despite what people may tell you. You're you're just a normal human. Now, there's a this is a that's about a forty yard play because uh, two missed tackles in the secondary. <laughs> well, Colin, don't relive it. I mean, good God, I think we ought to go to break because it's. Good. I don't want it to start cycle into a horrible depressing negative podcast because we put out there a tweet con <laughs> said what do you actually want to listen to you know and you want to know some bellyache about the game and everybody said no so I'm glad we did 20 minutes of that but what they we also said well do you want us to talk about basketball do you want to talk us about you know speculating whether coach will be fired and if so who will be rehired or do you want to hear us talk about random horse shit and uh, that mm-hmm. was i think that was as popular as anything random horse shit yeah random horse shit one That's right. So why don't we take our first break for the day, come back, and uh, bring some random horse shit your way. All right. All right, M-I-Z. D-O-U. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know, I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> they're the number one men's below the belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. <laughs> Who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero-turn mower. It gets the job done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's scrote safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) 
Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. This one's called Watershed. It's brought to us by Simon Stockdale. He's in a band called The Fosfines, and they're located in Melbourne, Australia. So uh, thanks for submitting your music. If you'd like to get your band on, send it to mazodcast at gmail.com, just like Simon Stockdale did, and we'll play your music. So, Colin, we talked about getting into the voicemails, talking more football, but uh, we also talked about how it's so miserable this time of year now in this season. Is there something you'd rather talk about than that? Well, I think uh, I, I had a, we've had a couple requests for uh, a uh, Star Wars reviews. You know, before we get into the voicemails and, and dive back into the disaster that is this football season, there's a new Star Wars show out called The Mandalorian. We could review that, Brendan. We've both watched it. Oh yeah. So, I mean, so if if you're not a complete and total nerd like Brendan and I, you can go ahead and skip to minute thirty one fourteen and get right past the Star Wars review. But here we go. We're gonna let's review The Mandalorian. All right, Colin, you uh, you bought Disney Plus presumably just to watch this show, am I right? You are correct. <laughs> and I guess, uh, so if you're listening to this, uh, you should know that we're going to talk about this show, and you, if you don't want spoilers, uh, then fast forward. Obviously, Colin sold you the minute. Go to that minute. Minute. 3114. And you'll miss all these spoilers. So if you don't want to hear Star Wars talk, or if you don't want it spoiled, go there. Colin, what are your thoughts on The Mandalorian? Oh, man, it gives me such a chub. <laughs> it's really good. Better than Mizzou football? Oh, infinitely better than Mizzou football. And I, we, we've discussed it briefly that it feels like the most Star Wars thing that's happened since the original trilogy. Yeah, it's, it, it feels to me like um, an old Western, which isn't that far removed from the feel of the first, like, A New Hope Star Wars movie. It feels gritty and dirty and... And far less polished than the uh, the movies do. And the movies, oh, I mean, I like The Force Awakens, but that fucking second movie was a turd burger. What was it called? And the Force Falls Asleep. <laughs> it felt like it. Oh, God. I mean, I don't guess we ever reviewed The Last Jedi, but it was a fucking terrible movie. You know, they, de- they just destroyed classic characters and turned Princess Leia into Mary Poppins. You know, there was no gratuitous Wookiee sex scenes. Um, you know. The list goes on and on. <laughs> That's what we've really been rooting for since they've got the CGI technology available now. Yeah, yeah. Hot Wookiee cock. <laughs> we all want to see it. We all want to know where the hair ends. Yeah. That's right. That guy could use or is like a human penis. <laughs> I think it's going to be like a dog. It's definitely like a red rocket situation. <laughs> Corkscrewed, <laughs> like, a, like a goose. He could use some manscaped boy. If anybody could, it's Chewbacca. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's uh, and to this point in the Mandalorian. Granted, there's no Wookiee sex yet, 
But, you know, it's a good enough show. I, I feel like it's going to go there at some point. Absolutely. And you know what I like about Colin is the episodes what? are short because, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not as big a geek as you are. I mean, I know you love all those Marvel movies and all the Star Wars stuff and everything. And I do, too. But a lot of it for me is nostalgia for childhood. And it wears mm-hmm. wears off on me fast. So I'm yeah. like, after a while, I'm like, OK, I get it. Now I just want to be done with this. And, and instead, yeah. we get a three hour like space opera. And I'm just like, yeah. I, I, I'm an adult now. I think it's fun. And it reminds me of my childhood. But I don't need two and a half hours of it. And this thing is like 30, 40 minutes. It's out. It's well made. It's good. It's fun. It's still Star Warsy. Harkens back. There's a lot of little references to the old movies. It's right up my alley. Now, I well, and it's, it's digestible for people who are not Star Wars fans, right? Well, and I think nothing speaks to that more than Baby Yoda. Oh, Baby Yoda's the finest character in Star Wars uh, is made in I don't know years. Oh, if anything happens to that sweet, precious little green Yoda baby, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fucking turn some tables oh. over. Ultimately, you know, ultimately the, in the third episode is when I really like. I really like. I don't like this show. I really like this show because I am. I care about what happens to this pretend character in a television show. A puppet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I am. I have genuine concern for this little animal, and uh, I'm just like, and I'm like, I'm a grown man, and no, it's a television show. It's like God, I hope they don't kill that little thing. <laughs> and you know, they're not going to. You know, but it's just like it got a, it elicited an emotional response. You know, I mean, I think that's ultimately what makes for good television is does it does it whether it's controversial or not, like something like Game of Thrones or I don't know, name the television show. But like if it's basically if it's moving the needle, it's doing the doing the job. Well, and if you can elicit a response from your cold black dead heart, then yes. it's really doing something good. Oh, because I am a heartless cocksucker. Well, and you know, the, the interesting thing to me is that these Star Wars things are set in space. Shocker. There's a spoiler alert for you. And, uh, you know, they can travel all over the universe. But this is a, I feel like this is kind of a small show. You know, purpose, I don't mean an insulting way. I mean, it's purposefully made to be a small show. It's a rather small cast at this point of mm-hmm. stars. And, the, you know, the plots are very simple. I mean, you can summarize what happened in the plot of the first two shows that I've watched, you know, in, in 30 seconds easily. And I like that. You know what I mean? They're not biting off more they can chew. You know, these these those George Lucas prequels, like I told you off air, I mean, they went on and on and on. We had like Senate hearings that were in the movie and they're like, edit that shit out. It's boring. This is a movie about space creatures. Let's do something fun, not have boring meetings, you know, and this, this prequels were a disaster. And I, (laughs) I know there's a a segment of the population that has some sentiment for them because they, they were kids when they came out, but they are fucking garbage. C-3PO was was made by Darth Vader. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Well, why why did we need midichlorians? Well, I, I mean, like, what was wrong with the force just being something mysterious that we, we didn't really, we didn't need to understand it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, George Lucas was, he just, I don't know what he was thinking. Well, this show, I'm, I'm I cur- can only imagine he was on lots of cocaine. <laughs> well, if you had the money that George Lucas has, you'd be a fool not to be on lots and lots of cocaine. That's true. This, uh, this show is, is good and it's, the pace has been slow. I mean, like I said, it's only 30, 40 minutes long, so they can't pack a lot in, but, it, you know, I don't know where they're going to go with it, but they've clearly got a plan. It's really well made. It looks like a movie. The soundtrack, I think, is where it really lures me in. I mean, it's got a real mood to it. I, I just like it all around. And well, I wasn't necessarily I ready to. That, I think everything that has been Star Wars essentially uh, since the original trilogy has sort of been packaged to sell toys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, they're always playing off the same music. They're always, 
even the new movies or the like Force Awakens, maybe this new one will be good too. You know, like I said, we said uh, the Last Jedi was a garbage movie, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's all too connected. It's all too convenient. We're supposed to believe in an entire universe that all these people's paths are going to collide the way that they do. It's just and then like we're there's always some character that's just obviously been made because they know. It's uh, like the Pogs or Porgs or whatever the fuck they're called. There's the little animals they find on that island with Luke Skywalker. And they were obviously just there to be cute and to sell toys. Right, because they had big success with BB-8 in the first one. Yeah, and so like really what ultimately runs down to is like they, they're making these movies as, as marketing for a product as much as anything it feels like. And this does not feel like that. This feels like a original story, simply, like I said, a small stories that don't have anything to do with – the entire galaxy necessarily small stories just set in this universe. And it's, it's compelling. And part of this, part of the reason is probably digestible for somebody like my wife who could care less about star Wars. In fact, one of the many reasons she regrets marrying me is my love of star Wars and that, that love that I have passed on to my children. So my wife who hates star Wars has had to watch lots of star Wars. <laughs> well, I was prepared not to like it because I had also listened to you and watched, um, that horrible show Yellowstone, which <laughs> you had recommended. And, and I, you know, you and Caleb both spoke so highly of it. I was really excited to watch it. And of course it was, it's complete trash. Um, I say this having watched <laughs> four episodes, I think. And before I kind of gave up on it it's and I was just like, no, this is really just shitty TV. Like, Colin has bad, you know, bad taste. This is bad. Well, I mean, you know who disagrees with you? America. But, um. Well, I'll tell you this right now, Colin. I disagree with America on most everything, so that doesn't bother me. I mean, <laughs> I've met my fellow man, and I don't like him. You know, that's fine. And, and I, I, I'm willing to admit that Yellowstone is a, uh, is what is essentially a primetime soap opera. It is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. And, but I do enjoy it. Um, but that's part of sort of the, in the same way that I have a nostalgia and an affection for science fiction, I have a, a you know, a, a nostalgia and affection for rodeo and cowboys and westerns and stuff. So, and it certainly, it checks all those boxes for me. And, uh, so I don't know. Well, why don't we, uh, are you done talking Mandalorian? Are you, are you yeah, like I say, like I said, we're just, guys, we're just going to talk about something that wasn't football because we're now we're going to roll right in those voicemails and they're going to get bad. I just know they are. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. When I talk about store spoiler alerts, Colin, I'm going to tell you right now, we may have gotten our best voicemail. I'll leave that for you to be determined. It is certainly our most unorthodox, and you'll understand why when I play it. Well, we, I really wish Caleb was here to help make that determination. Though. When I was editing these down and finding what I was going to put in and what we didn't have room for, I knew Caleb wasn't going to be on the show, and I wanted to call and be like, Caleb, I, I know you're having your Thanksgiving dinner. Make fucking time, because I want to hear your thoughts thoughts on this well maybe but, you can play it for him in the midweek all right we'll do I, I will i'll be happy to play it again and i think all our listeners will be happy to listen to it more than once roll it out here i want to hear it well uh, we'll get to that colin it's not the first one just right. let's listen to some regular old voicemails we'll get to that because he, i'll this, know it when i hear it huh? well yeah and, and even this first one takes an alarming different t you know they're not our usual voicemails <laughs> hey there amazon cast this here's your boy barry i, I mean larry uh, Kapowski. Yeah, Larry Kapowski. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. 
uh, first-time listener, long-time caller. It's uh, it's currently Friday night, and it's uh, Margarita Mixer week here at El Gemador, so I haven't been able to do much scouting and stuff. But, uh, the, you know, I'm pretty goddamn sure that old Tennessee won the national championship last year with that old five-head Peyton Manning. Plus, this year they've beaten some powerhouse programs like uh, Kentucky and uh, Chattanooga. Chattanooga? I don't know. Anyway, so let's just take it easy on our good old head coach. We don't have to pull off a win this Saturday. And, uh, you know, let me just say one more thing. i got to have time set aside for my family vacation December, so you can't just expect me to go to a fucking bowl game every year. I, I mean, Barry Odom's got to not, you know, Barry Odom, not me, Larry Kapowski. Again, this is Larry Kapowski, not Barry Odom. Uh, well, they're bringing up my case of Dillon, so... I'll hang up and listen. Larry out. M-I-Z. Hey, TJ, you remember what I was supposed to remind wow. Jonathan Nance about? You have got to tell him that he's a self-loathing loser. So, I don't even know where to start with that. Apparently, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was it was that Barry Odom? <laughs> well, it's a guy named Larry Kapowski, he says. Oh, it sounded like somebody doing a bad impression of our bad impression of Barry Odom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We've only ever had the real Barry Odom on. That's true. And the only person that's ever been on our show is the real Barry Odom. And Britain, we honestly have not talked to Barry much this season. Maybe we should make a point to do that like uh, next week's show after the Arkansas game. We'll resolve that issue for sure. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll see. You know, if the season will be over, we can talk to Barry where he stands on all this. Absolutely. I'm eager to hear it. It's been a while. Yeah. Daniel Silver Dollar City. It's currently halftime. What kind of goddamn blind monkey fucking son of a bitch taught us how to fucking tackle? Are you fucking kidding me? Jenny dude just ran all the fucking way over, making us look like a bunch of fucking clowns. We're just fucking little tykes playing with fucking pros. That's what it looks like. Because holy shit, we cannot tackle. We look like garbage. Fuck this fucking bullshit. God, this is not that good of a team that we're playing, and they're just out fucking playing us. God damn it. Yeah, that's a, that's the feelings. I mean, I haven't had those feelings for a while because I've given up on life. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Yeah, it's true, son. Eighty-seven down here in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Active duty Air Force. Uh, just got done watching the Missouri uh, Tennessee game. If that's what it's going to be called, Odom and Dooley have got to go. They've got to go. Well, we have a chance to go six and six next week against Arkansas. After what should have been at worst, maybe a nine three season this year. But, uh, yeah, so we go into next week trying to get bowl eligibility versus a, uh, historically bad, uh, Arkansas team. MIG, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. What's up, dum dums? Just finished watching and processing the Mizzou and Tennessee game. What the fuck? Can we fire Doug Dooley yet? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Kelly Bryant has been a fucking shit show. This season's done. We're not going to make a bowl. Who gives a fuck about the NCAA? Sanctions. We're done. Fire Barry Odom. Fire Derek Julie. M-I-Z. Mm-hmm. We did score in this game, though. I mean, like, listen, I'm not making excuses. This is a bad game. It's a bad team. It's a bad season. But we scored a touchdown. You know? <laughs> yeah, two of them. We got, in the end, we got in the end zone a couple times. I mean... No, we didn't get in the end zone enough, and is not scoring forty points like we were at the beginning of the season. And but uh, and it, we didn't win. But I'm just looking for any glass half full. I was going to say congratulations on passing that low bar you just set. Well, what I mean is, it's like 
at least in this game, I got to watch my team score a touchdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know. And I know that is an extremely low bar, but it's a bar that, that Barry Odom has set. <laughs> it's true. I mean, all we were asking for is fun. So he gave us a, a middle, a, a tiny little bit of fun. So thanks, I guess. Yeah. What's up, dum-dum? Zach here. Hey, I got to admit, this past five games have been a fucking fluke. But I gotta admit, though, like, you motherfuckers, you guys gotta, like, answer for this bullshit. Like, somebody has to come out here and just say, what bullshit were I, like, looking at? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you guys are, like, like, I think I follow you guys harder than I follow fucking Mizzou football. And this is, like, fucking garbage on their fault and just everything. Like, not calling you guys out, but you guys are just sexually frustrated. Maybe I'm just frustrated Mizzou. I don't know. I'm just pissed off at everything in the world, M-I-Z. You following that very closely, Colin? He was mad at us, but he really never alluded to why. Yeah. He's, I'm sure he's right, whatever it is that we're, we're no, doing I'm, properly. We deserve all of your rage. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure what we did to, to upset him. But, uh, you know, he seemed very friendly despite the fact that he was obviously upset with us and the football team. Well, and I he think was, he'd clearly been drinking. Good because, you know, one thing that everybody does do when the football team is bad is they turn on the press. Yeah. Like, we are not the press and we are not journalists. We have made that painfully clear. But, you know, we are a entity, uh, a media entity. And um, so maybe it's only natural that people are going to turn on us as well. Well, especially when they're drinking and he clearly had been. <laughs> he was under the influence of intoxicants. This team has absolutely given up on its head coach. I just don't see a whole lot of upside to this. I mean, sure, we may fire Odom, but... Holy crap. I mean, every single college is going to be able to say, hey, don't go to Mizzou. They're going to trounce your career. I mean, Kelly Bryant, it's like we're, he's a dual-threat quarterback that barely has one threat. I mean, he's got a decent arm, but just refuses to run, absolutely refuses to run. At one point in the game, I looked at the stats. He had four rushes for three yards. I'm so bummed. This is not fun. I'm so tired of being mediocre. Hey, you know what, everybody? Let's just be LSU fans. Let's just call it the LSU pod. What do we? Let's pick a new name. Yeah. We'll all start racing for LSU. They already they use that same tiger. They, they use the same tiger head we do anyway, Colin. It wouldn't yeah, be that hard. You know, ultimately, Ed O becomes our coach, who is a colorful personality, eminently you know, likable. <laughs> eminently likable. We're in the. We're going to be in the college football playoffs. Our quarterback will probably win the Heisman. Let's just. Let's just be LSU fans. Who's with me? I'm, I'm on board. It's it's the easy route. Here's your 90s reference for the day. 1990, Days of Thunder, Randy Quaid. We look like a bunch of monkeys fucking a football out there. What the fuck is this bullshit? We're getting beat fucking Tennessee? Jesus, fuck. It's bad enough that we lost. It's worse than I fucking expected to lose. And who the fuck designed these goddamn helmets? God, fucking ugly shit. That's it. It might be. Well, you know... I don't think it's actually Randy Quaid who makes that, uh, says that. I think it's that, isn't that the, the, the guy who's supposedly the head of the NASCAR, you know, who's, uh, he's, a, I don't know his name. He was an actor, but he was also in politics for a while. Regardless, 90s reference, appreciated. Right, yeah, we'll play that as often as we can. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not hard either because we make a lot of 90s references. It's true. Getting annoying at this point. Uh, what's going on? It's crazy. We got coaches not saying anything. We got fans calling out coaches, calling for their heads on Twitter. We got players calling out the fan base on Twitter. Columbia's in shambles. I hope Derek Dooley already has his house packed up. 
And hopefully he's already left. I hope he just quit. That's what he needs to do. He's terrible. It's driving me nuts. I can't stand it. We got other programs like Herm Edwards. Been there two years and he takes down Oregon. Last year he took down USC and Utah. They're above 500 in both those games. Won a home and home against Michigan State. Meanwhile, we're losing five games straight. It's ridiculous. I bet we'll lose Arkansas next week. It's a hot take. Hot take because we're hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. I hope our basketball team's good. MIT. I don't think anybody could accuse Mizzou of being trigger happy after four seasons. Agreed. And I also, uh, one of our callers made the point last week, and this sort of caller alluded to it, too, is that it shouldn't take four years. You know what I mean? Like, we should already, if, if Barry Odom was the guy, we'd already be winning football games. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have three seasons with five-game losing streaks. You know what I mean? Like I do. We've given him four years. I think three years is the minimum you give any coach. And we've given him four. Uh, this is arguably the worst season he's had since he's been here in the fourth year with all his players, with a five-star transfer quarterback. I mean, it's hard to make a case for Barry Odom at this point. And and you know why I know that is because perpetual Pollyanna cheerleader T.J. Moe can't even make one right now. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone underground since all this has happened. Now he has gotten strangely very quiet yeah well you know who's not quiet is our next voicemail and this is the one i was referring to colin this is a little different a little different uh energy than what we've been hearing in the past really than anything else because here's the spoiler for it colin i am pretty clear this voicemail was not intended for us this was a misdial but we got it anyway here you're going to have what's happened this is what was going on in the hearts of some mizzou people saturday night Football Saturday. Hello? Hey, Lauren speaking. I'm assuming that you're drunk. Wouldn't make you even better. Why don't you come up to Harpo's? If you're going to be nice and take your clothes off, why don't you come up to Harpo's? She get up here and fucking take your clothes off for the fucking bachelorette party. Ask for Justine. If you guys fucking come down here, come on down here. Here, ask on down here, down here to, um... Uh, the bar will talk more than what you want to. We will talk. March on ass on down here and bring your fucking sorority girls. I have no problem telling you how gross that is that you're wanting to spread it. And nobody else that feels the same way that you're willing to spread it. That's kind of gross. Because that's really nasty that you're spreading amongst your sorority sisters. I'm just throwing that out there. And, and my sorority sister just said, that's kind of gross that you're wanting to spread it amongst, amongst the people. That's really gross. I mean, that's kind of selfish. I mean, I don't know how you feel. I'll talk to you later. You're fun. Talk to you later. Bye. Wow. You're going to break that down for me, Brennan. <laughs> I, I wondered if we needed to go back over that with the uh, – <laughs> break it down with the John, John Madden chalk and say what we've got here. First of all, Colin, what do you think this was? What What is your well, take? Well, first I thought it was some chick calling some guy, telling her to come strip for them at Harpo's. Right. You know, being flirtatious. And then it turned into a call that sounded like one sorority sister bagging on another sorority sister for spreading herpes. Right. I think this sounds like a girl who some other girl has fooled around with her boyfriend or something. And she's calling her and saying, come on down here. You know, get naked, be a whore or something. You know, like it's basically yeah. saying, this is what you do. Do it all over again. First, Colin, I, I didn't know. I, you know, I didn't know that it wasn't for us when I first listened to this. And I thought maybe they're like, wow, a lady's called. Ooh, it's a lady. To our Ooh, show. It's a lady. It's a, yeah. And, uh, and then I realized 
oh no, this is way not for us. And then I was like you, I thought, okay, this is for a fella and uh, she, you know, who knows where this could go. And then it turned into a whole different thing, which is girl on girl crime. Yeah. I was, I was kind of, there was this hot minute where I was thinking like, why don't you come in there and get naked? I thought she was going to get gratuitous for a hot minute. Like, yeah, there's this place where I thought she was gonna like, and then you can slide that big juicy hog ears into my quivering pile of mound pudding and fill me to the brim with hot salty jizz. <laughs> Because if she'd said that, it would have tickled me. Well, that's very specific of what you assume she might say. Well, I was just hoping, you know. <laughs> that's where I hoped it was going. Lots of talk about warm, ropey jizz. Yeah. You know, <laughs> filled to the brim with pipe and hot jizz. <laughs> it didn't go that way. Do you need to hear it again? Or are you good? No, I'm good. I'm really, I'm that, that type of girl at that type of age is, I've, I've, don't need to hear from them ever again. You know, I, I was that age at one time, and I was yeah. around, them, and that was as much as I'll ever need to be around them. Yeah, but wouldn't you love to hear Caleb his take on this whole thing? <laughs> I tell you what, it's my biggest. It's, at this point, it's my life's biggest regret that Caleb was not part of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've made some bad decisions in my life. Yeah. This is this takes the cake. When we get Caleb back in this, this room, we favorite. are going to play this again. And, yeah. and and as we've been saying that, we're going to take this thing off the rails, which obviously we did when we talked for 10 minutes about Star Wars. But <laughs> nobody tells better stories than Caleb does. I mean, Caleb, he – I don't know who you are, listener, right now, but Caleb's seen your girlfriend have sex with somebody who's not you. I'm just going to tell you right, <laughs> right now. That yep. He's lived yep. that kind of life. He has seen your girlfriend naked. And I don't care who you are or where you are in the country or in the world. I just know that that is true about Caleb and you. Yeah, you're gonna, if you if you say your ex girlfriend's name from 2004, yeah, Caleb's be like, oh, I know her. She's from so and so, right? And you'd be like, yeah. How do you know her? I'm like, I don't know, because Caleb knows everybody. He's like, yeah, I watched her get horse fucked on a pool table, some bar. You know, like that's that's how life works when you know Caleb. <laughs> Caleb's gonna, you're gonna say, you're gonna make some obscure reference to somebody that he shouldn't know, and he absolutely know them, and not only does he know them, he will have seen their genitals. <laughs> and, it, and it's true, and it's sad, and I know that's scary to listen to and hear us say, just know that it's true, and, and accept it as fast as you can, and your life will be better. <laughs> that's right, just know that it, it happened. <laughs> All right, we got two more voicemails, let's see if we can get through them after that. M-I-Z. Yeah, every day that passes by, I'm just happier and happier that I did not bet $5,000 on this team to cover seven and a half wins on the season. Their execution on offense is pitiful. They can't block anybody. Kelly Bryant can't hit a receiver more than eight feet away from his fucking ass. Our defensive backs can't cover anyone without AC in the game. Alberto is the biggest joke of a projected first-round pick I've ever seen in my life. Fire Dooley, fire Brian, or fire Odom, bring in a quarterback that actually throw the ball, and maybe we could win some games next year. If not, this is going to be fucking miserable. I still, I'm still not over the uh, the sorority girl fussing and feuding on our voicemail. It's hard for no, me to I, talk. I agree. I haven't been in the fire Odom camp uh, thus far this season, but after watching this hot garbage, hot, hot garbage performance from a supposedly defensive-minded head coach, coupled with the questionable play calling from uh, uh, Eric Dooley, although it was probably, despite being questionable, his best play calling game of the uh, losing streak, which isn't saying much. Uh, I don't know how you can bring Odom back. I just, uh, I don't understand how you could do it and retain uh, the fan base support, the donor support, the enthusiasm, the national respect, the, the 
conference respected. I don't know how Jim Stewart could bring him back. It, it does not at this point make sense to me. No, I think we're all there. I mean, yeah. to some degree, you know, I know there's still people on Twitter who are making some re- rationale why Odom should be retained, but they're not that many. I mean, I felt like there was much more support for Kim Anderson in a situation where Kim Anderson had failed every year. You know what I mean? Barry Odom at least has been to two bowl games. Kim Anderson was nothing but failure, and he still had a pretty good legion of support. I just don't think Barry has it. Well, I think part of it, too, is, I mean, ultimately – uh, we've said it. It's part of the reason we do a football podcast, not a basketball podcast. Is there's one sport on this planet that really matters to people, and it's football. And people care about football. And traditionally, in the last you know couple decades, Mizzou football has been relevant. You know, we've had some winning seasons. We've gone to bowl games. We've won some championships. We've been ranked. You know, it's been we've been something. And you know, when you start really breaking down the, the you know Mizzou basketball in the last twenty years. It's been a long time since so we've been anything, mm-hmm. and um, and I think it's um, you know the combination of the football has been more competitive in the last decade, and combined with football's just everybody cares about football more than everything else, and that's just the way the world is. I mean, the NFL is the fucking king, college football is the fucking king, everything else is second fiddle. It's all right. That's true. Well, that, that'll close the mailbag up. Colin, I think we should take our second break for the day. Come back. We'll do our uh, around the horn, which will be fast because there was some crappy football games this weekend. And then uh, rivalry weekend coming up next week. Then, of course, we've got Kansas news. So, till then, this is the Mazodcast. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Seems like it was only yesterday. (laughs) Do you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bedroom? I know that I do. Need anything I can get? (laughs) I do not have a large penis. (laughs) No, it's sad. We share the same genetics. We've been shortchanged. Yeah, it was not. Well, I've got news for you and for all of our listeners. Good news. And that is BlueChew.com. That's right. BlueChew.com. Mmm, sounds like dog medicine. It's not dog medicine. It's dong pills. So what you're saying is we're now one of those podcasts sponsored by dong pills. You better believe it. Great. Yes. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with an FDA approved. This is not pseudoscience bullshit. My dick will be the judge of that. <laughs> Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. So if you conceivably want to drive a 16-penny nail through a 2x4 with your cock, Blue Chew is for you. What if you want an erection so hard that a cat couldn't scratch it? Well, then Blue Chew is for you. What if you want your erection to be so hard it's like a diamond in an ice storm in Greenland? (laughs) Well, Blue Chew is for you. Fair enough. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as the other pills. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there, Blue yeah. Chew. Yeah. Well, what if you have no teeth, Colin? Well, <laughs> bad question, dickhead. <laughs> All right, so right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Armchair. Just pay five dollars shipping. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. That's right. Dong pills. <laughs> Dong pills. <laughs> Waiting for someone to give you a second chance. We're all waiting for the venom 
and we are back. This is the Phosphines again. This one's called You Have Mail. This one's coming to us all the way from Australia. So we will play your music no matter where you're from. Get it to us, mazodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to put it on the air. I kind of hate doing it around the horn without Caleb as well, Colin. I mean, Caleb's become such a part of the show that it's hard to just do our thing and not have his big gorilla-hearted face around us. Well, I mean, um, personally, though, Brendan, I'm a little disappointed. Caleb chose his family and, and Thanksgiving over us, and I, I didn't think that would ever be the case. Yeah, He's not I, who I thought he was. Yeah, I lost a lot of respect for the guy, I'm going to be honest. I mean, he has a young infant and a son and a wife. And, uh, yeah. and and he chose to be with yeah he chose to be with them over us and a podcast yeah it's um it shows a real lack of character it doesn't reflect well on him I'll just say that all right well let's get to the uh, around the horn and try to forget the cable ever existed we we break our bread at Waffle House our teams are pretty good we even play some basketball when Jesus says we should so pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And let's fire up the old Paul Feinbot. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. All right, Paul is online with us now. Yes, sir. And Colin, the I'm going to rattle through a lot of these quickly because there were some real shit games, like Alabama versus Western Carolina. Ooh, that's quite a matchup. 66 to 30 was the score. I think uh, 63 was the final line from Vegas, so that was a push. <laughs> if you uh, if you took Bammer because they just hit the spread. Auburn, 52 to nothing over Samford. Another absolute turd. Kentucky got in on the action. UT Martin, they, they beat UT Martin 50 to 7. Vanderbilt even had a blowout win, 38 to nothing over ETSU. And I don't know if we ever came up with what that was. I think we struggled with it. Erectile tissue sample underwear. I don't know, but, uh, 45 to 7 Mississippi State over Abilene Christian. And then the last cupcake. Heading into rivalry week was LSU, who chose a very easy, very despicable choice on their schedule that they would go this simple. I mean, nobody likes it whenever these big teams beat up over these little schools that don't have a chance. They beat Arkansas 56 to 20. Yeah, it's not fair, really. It isn't. You know, it wasn't exactly a better's delight this weekend in the SEC. No. I mean, honestly, the uh, Missouri-Tennessee game, we, you know, that's one of those games just the last two weeks, Caleb and I have talked about it, where you could bet on that Missouri game because they, Vegas had way too much faith in us. Missouri was favored. I think the number was down to three and a half at game time, but like, I can't just can't imagine that Missouri would be favored at all the rest of the season, yet they were. But, uh, well, and they're up. I think they're like the first line I saw for Arkansas. We're getting 13. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you talk about the beginning of the season and the optimism and stuff and easy money. And, you know, I remember listening to that sports talk radio station in Kansas City, and one of the hosts is a degenerate gambler. And he was talking about, you know, one of the Vegas lines for Mizzou's uh, over under for wins was six and a half. Yeah. And I thought, man. I was like, if I had any money, <laughs> you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd take that. You know, they're going to win. You know, they're going to win seven games. Yeah. You know, that's not going to be a problem. Sure. No. <laughs> I mean, they may not they may not get second East like I want them to, or, they, or, or you know, or whatever, but they might, you know, they're going to win seven games. Yeah. You have to say six and a half. That's insulting. Yeah. That's 
crazy. Who got that line? And then you go, oh, somebody way smarter than me. That's who said it. You're right. <laughs> the uh, The only game that was competitive and I hadn't brought up yet was Georgia beating Texas A&M 19-13. I felt like that was a trap game for Georgia to play Texas A&M, who, like they do every year, kind of fell apart and was not a factor in the West, even though they thought they were going to be. Uh, Georgia didn't look great, but did sneak out the win. Number four Georgia currently inside the uh, college football playoff. We'll see how that shakes out. But uh, they uh, had a competitive one with their West opponent, but uh, survived. So anyway, that takes us to next week's slate of games. It kicks off rivalry week Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Old Miss and Mississippi State will be playing in the Egg Bowl to win a big metal egg. Sure. Uh, Missouri and Arkansas will have the Friday game that no one ever watches in the past. Missouri's had their way with Arkansas, but uh, Missouri's terrible right now. Although, I will say, Arkansas only has two wins on the season, and you're right. Uh, Mizzou's favored uh, by 11 right now. That's what I'm seeing. Oh, it dropped two. Yeah. It's a bad sign. I don't know. I mean, honestly, honestly, the way Mizzou played against Tennessee, and obviously it, lo- it wasn't good, but it, if they even play as well as they did this week against Tennessee, against Arkansas, they will win because that's how bad Arkansas is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's I, I know you're right about that. Georgia's playing Georgia Tech. I mean, Georgia's ten and one. Georgia Tech's three and eight. They were uh, Georgia's twenty eight point favorite. That's a it's a laugher uh, for a rivalry. Kentucky and Louisville, that will be competitive. Louisville seven and four. Kentucky six and five. Uh, Kentucky's a three point favorite. Auburn and Alabama will face off in the Iron Bowl. Strangely enough. It's uh, Alabama's only a three and a half point favorite, but of course we're talking about Alabama, who does not have Tua. I expect the Crimson Tide to pour it on Auburn because Alabama always just seems to have like the next guy up is ready to go. You know? I don't know, really. I, I kind of feel like because of the Tua being out, I, I don't know, watching them uh, play these last couple of games, even against this turd burger, I'm just like Alabama doesn't look that unbeatable. <laughs> don't get me wrong; they look really good. I just Auburn has not been bad this season, and uh, I could see Auburn giving them a game. I don't agree. Well, you wouldn't. I don't Alabama. Could, Alabama. That, that line doesn't seem completely out of out of touch to me. We will find out what they can do without Tua and the future of Alabama a little bit. I think this will be our first window of what a post Tua Alabama looks like because they beat up on Western Carolina this week. Uh, then the battle of Tennessee East and West. Tennessee faces Vanderbilt. Vandy's three and eight. Tennessee's six and five. Tennessee's going to win this game. They're probably going to win big. Vanderbilt is as bad as we've ever seen them, and we've still lost to them. So I mean, that's, that's where we are. Yeah, Tennessee's going to win seven games and go to a bowl. And uh, from where they started the season at, that's pretty good. Tennessee. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, it, it is. They, they've really come around from where they started 0-2 in the season and looking just like trash. LSU is going to face the same rival that Georgia took on last week in Texas A&M. LSU is a 16-point favorite, and I think that's probably fair. Yeah, they should win that game. I hope they don't Georgia in that game. And what I mean by that is lose to South Carolina or some other turd burger, because that is one thing Georgia has been good at, at least since we've been in the conference, is shitting the bed. And uh, they did it again this season. With South Carolina, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, would, I don't want LSU to shit the bed. It, it is going to be a competitive – boy, I, I don't, maybe it is always this way, and it's just hard to remember because it's not this – you know, I'm worried about what's happening right now, but it, the college football playoff to me this year seems like a harder thing to figure out than ever before. Like, there are a lot of really good football teams, and somebody is going to get left in the cold. Yeah. I mean, Georgia's 10-1. and one. You know they're gonna they're gonna win 
against Georgia Tech. That one loss to South Carolina, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it would be a shame for Georgia not even get a shot at the playoffs. Colin, the last game we have for next week is Florida versus Florida State. Florida State's six and five. They fired their coach. Florida's number 11, nine and two, 17 point favorite. I think uh, Florida's going to have two straight 10 win seasons. Not what I would have predicted, but there we are. Yeah, Florida has not seemed like a good enough team to win 10 win, 10 games, but they've done it. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't ever, they don't seem like world beaters when I watch them play, but they always seem to, they, they win 10 games, you know? It's, it's kind of like the, the powers that be that want Missouri to be bad and want Florida to be good. It's all working in their favor now. You know, things are going that way. All right. And, and that'll do it. And that's the end of the, <laughs> end of the goddamn football season. So I think we ought to cheer ourselves up because we are going to play Arkansas. We, you know, we'll probably win. Barry Odom will salve some of his wounds a little bit, but probably not enough. And uh, so let's do something positive and let's talk a little Kansas news. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas news. First story of the day, Kansas police reunite wayward camel, cow, and donkey with owner after posting viral Christmas nativity photo. A lot of these have to do with uh, Kansas's public authorities fucking around on social media, I feel like. Facebook and Twitter, that's what they're doing, spending all their time on yeah. Uh, yeah. And the uh, the rubes are loving it because what it starts out, why did a camel, cow, and donkey cross the road? Uh, it's going to be one of these articles. Police in Kansas were left wondering just that when they discovered the unlikely animal trio roaming together on Sunday in Goddard, Kansas, about 15 miles west of Wichita, in a scene they found reminiscent of a Christmas nativity. They said, does anyone know the owners of these three friends traveling together towards a North Star east of Goddard? The department wrote, if we can't find the owner, we may be halfway towards a live nativity this season. Yeah, what they did mention is like, if nobody claims them, we're going to shoot them. <laughs> They're going to shoot and eat them, and that is guaranteed to be what's going to happen. The police updated their post a short time later, confirming they did find the animal's owner. Tim Myers, sheriff's deputy, says the animals belong to an employee of a nearby wildlife park. The photo set off a string of jokes, some of biblical proportions on social media. I hope you're ready for these. Ugh. These knee slappers from Kansas when they saw this photo. One person who replied to the Facebook post asked, are there three wise men nearby? Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a real good one. They should lose the right to vote. (laughs) Another speculated that it may be a sign of the second coming. And that's not a joke, folks. That's just what Kansans think anytime they see anything. Yeah. They're looking for revelations to hit anytime. Oh, I mean, you should... you did not want to be in Kansas when that uh, eclipse happened. Oh, know, God. Like a year and a half ago. You know what I mean? They thought the fucking... Well, Colin, to be fair, if you lived in Kansas, wouldn't you want it to be end times, too? <laughs> yeah. It's basically what you'd like. Oh, God, I wish I wish the second coming would happen already. Yeah. One of them wrote... Well, only the sky was on fire. <laughs> it would be such an improvement over my life. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's every Kansan's dream. If only yeah. the sky would catch oh, fires man, if I spontaneously. Skeletons riding horses at me. <laughs> oh, man. That would be sweet. Well, that ties into our next story. Heat up the flamethrower. Dairy Queen sign perfectly captions a Kansas trash fire. This is one of these headlines that takes a little describing, but just the fact that there's a trash like fire. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. That's right. Uh, if you'd never eaten a flamethrower grill burger from Dairy Queen, 
queen. I and, haven't. <laughs> but you saw this photo. You might be cautious about ordering the sandwich. Then again, some people like their food hot. <laughs> Either way, a Dairy Queen sign provided the perfect caption for a picture of a flaming garbage fire Thursday outside of Eudora, Kansas. This is not news, by the way. Whatever's happening in the story, none of it's news. Um, so this, <laughs> the sign said, heat up with a flamethrower grill burger. Behind it, there was an actual trash fire burning furiously. The blaze began inside a trash truck, officials say, and the driver heard a crackling sound, realized the load was on fire, and immediately dumped the garbage into the parking lot to save his truck. It just so happened to be landing in a parking lot directly behind a Dairy Queen. Firefighters got a kick out of it, it says, and uh, so did so, the, so did the raccoons on fire. Sandwich What's that? And fire next to it, and that's news. And that is the story you got here. And this is, by the way, this is the Kansas City Star. So that's the news. That's the news they got to report in Kansas. In the star. All right, uh, next I will one. say this, that that sandwich sounds like it would give me miserable diarrhea. Hot dog water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like just, just poop and hot lava. New species of prehistoric shark discovered in Kansas. So uh, fossilized remains of a 91 million year old shark. No, no, no. no. Check that, Brennan. 5,000 year old. Well, you're stepping on my story, Colin, because... Obviously, Kansas officials do not like the science behind this. 91 million years. You know, the Earth is only a couple thousand years old. We all know that we barely got the uh, wrapper off our good Earth. But uh, these scientists are trying to tell us there's a 91 million year old shark here. I say no to that. The remains were discovered in 2010. It was likely 17 feet in length based on an incomplete skeleton found. According to a growth model done by researchers, it could have reached 22 feet long when Kansas was underwater in ancient times but like we said all kansas God, that was those oh man did that sound nice boy they had a good whenever kansas was underwater, underwater. yeah, yeah. What a, what a, that was when kansas was a good a place a good place to be that's right well kansas officials are disputing the claim saying it is not a 19 million year old shark tooth but instead obviously a scale of the devil <laughs> many of the Devil's bones have been found in Kansas, and as we mentioned, that drives a lot of Kansas residents to believing end times are near, and then they start uh, setting themselves on fire, often outside of Dairy Queens. It all ties together. It all comes home. Nothing scares Kansans like finding fossilized remains of any predator, and uh, because, I mean, the first thing they think of, I mean, the first time a dinosaur was discovered anywhere in Kansas, it was a demon, a devil or a black angel from hell you know like i mean those are the only scientific explanations they will accept. well and then and then once they started you know once they started finding them a lot and it, they be, sort of became normal thing you know they didn't shock people like everybody knew that fossils existed you know then they just called them jesus horses <laughs> that's right yeah it's still just as scientifically valid every opinion yeah. every opinion is worth exactly the same amount yeah yep that's right that's right my ignorance is just as valuable as your knowledge Final Kansas story of the day, Colin. Kansas played number 22 Iowa State on the day, and I'm going to tell you, they competed in this one. It was back and forth. Thankfully for Iowa State, they did pull out the win, 41-31 to over the hapless Kansas Jayhawks, who have found great success under first-year head coach Les Miles. They sit 3-8, and which is a massive improvement for their program. That's true. Yeah, so they've got one last game on the season to cap things off. If they can hit... Four and eight for the season. I think Les Miles might get a statue out there. Who they play next week? Let's take a look here. It says that Kansas' final game will be against. Oh, it's no. It should be an easy one. Number fourteen, ten and one Baylor. Easy. 
Yeah, they're going to be three and nine on the year. Well, you know, the tick, what tickled me is that they, if they did win, get their vaunted fourth win of the season, and then make sure Baylor does not get into the playoffs. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, make sure the Big Twelve is shut out once again. Fuck you, Big Twelve. All right, Colin. The last thing we've got to do is uh, some douche of the week news. Do you have any uh, candidates for the TJ Mo douche of the week? Well, I got a suggestion, Colin. We obviously hate Tom Herman. He's a piece of shit. We think he's the worst, right? Sure. I mean, I, and really, that's not just our opinion. I mean, it's, he's he's really earned a reputation as being a huge piece of shit. Sure, he is. And uh, against, uh, you know, they were playing Baylor on Saturday, and uh, Tom Herman was trying to get his team amped up. He started headbutting his players, who were wearing helmets, by the way. He uh, he headbutted, I think, a defensive lineman, Malcolm Roach. And uh, he did it like four times, like just like a crazy drunk guy at a bar who smashes a beer can on his head. He did that into yeah. his player's helmet like a buffoon. And yeah. anyway, well, I just it, just it, like what a moron. But he's getting paid millions of dollars to be a coach. But just such a moron. He is a moron. I would. I'm, I'm going to say my selection here might be a slightly douchier. There is there was a select number of I guess persons in the press and maybe some Oklahoma State fans who questioned Mike Gundy not traveling with his team this week to their football game. He coached that game, but he was he didn't he came later on. He did not travel with the team on the plane, and uh, he didn't eat dinner with them that night at the hotel. And the reason he didn't do that is because, uh, as he explained in the press conference, that he has missed most of his son's football games, and his son's a senior this year. All he had to do to see his son's football game was to travel a little later, you know, to come the next day or whatever it was, and, and be there to do his job. And uh, but I guess some people thought, uh, you know, that that didn't look good. But I thought, and and Mike Gundy explained it as if, you know, like, listen, these guys, I'm, I, I don't even sit in the same part of the plane as the fucking guys. You know what I mean? Like, I, I see those guys at, at dinner, and you know, and I'm sitting with the coaches. You know, like, if if I didn't, if I didn't, if so, if they didn't notice I wasn't at, you know, at dinner that night at the hotel, many of many of them probably didn't even know I wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, that's how much interaction I'm having with them. You know what I mean? Like at that point. Like we've got the game plan, we've done everything. And the next morning's when the football game goes, and you know, like all this stuff. And but I just thought, God, the guy can't even miss, you know, basically four hours of plane ride uh, to watch his son play football, according to some folks. Oklahoma State fans. Yeah. Well, that's what you get in Stillwater. And uh, so, are you going to just say everybody in Stillwater, Oklahoma, all Oklahoma State fans are douches of the week? Yes, I'm. Very comfortable with that. Okay, let's throw the entire fan base under the bus. <laughs> Oklahoma State, your entire fan base, douches of the week. I'm, I'm good with it. How dare he be a decent parent? And I'm not a guy who really likes much like, likes him some Mike Gundy, though I take him as our coach tomorrow. <laughs> I would too. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was like, oh my God, like, I think that's a pretty good reason to miss, you know, like probably six total hours. You know what I mean? Of, well, I mean, we know that all these head coaches are terrible fathers. You know what I mean? Like they're terrible yeah, husbands, the, the, terrible fathers. The, oh, the, the, the profession demands it of you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no other way. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, like he went, to, he went to his son's football game and was, and, and like I said, as he explained all the things that he missed, nobody, you, you wouldn't even know he was there or not. You know, it's like, anyway, it was just, I was just like, I was dumbfounded by it. Yeah, well, it, it does speak to the level of commitment fans uh, expect you to have when you're right. paying you millions of dollars to coach their team. That's right. Yeah, and if he hadn't said anything, then you know who would have known? Yeah, you know that's what I think. That's what made it so douchey. Is, you know, he, he obviously didn't tell everybody he was doing this. People just somebody just noticed he wasn't there and started asking questions. 
Yeah. You know, what's Mike Gundy doing that's, you know, he's not here right now. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I bet they thought originally that they were hoping it was something more nefarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, oh, it turns out he's just watching his son play football. No, nope, not balling a hooker like you freeze. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Colin, now it's time for our final part of the show. We get excited about it. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Black and blonde hair of Kirk Farmer deserves its own award. Mm-hmm. Beautiful hair. Many don't remember it these days. It in and of itself is a 90s reference, but it was a thing of beauty and uh, something we all were proud of as Mizzou fans. And uh, that reflects what we can be proud of on the field. And it's been hard this year, but I think, gone. there may be a three-time-in-a-row winner this week, do you think? Beatty didn't have a bad game. He scored one of those touchdowns. Uh, he didn't have a great game. No, he didn't. I'm just saying he didn't have a bad game. And I'm just trying to think about people who could be deserving of this award who aren't named Nick Bolton. And you know what? I can't think of any. And, and we won't until we get better. I mean, we're in a five-game losing streak. People aren't playing good. You know, like uh, Tristan Castillo talks in the locker room. Nobody else does. We don't know what's going on. But uh, Nick Bolton well, is the, the one. When Tristan Castillo talks, too, I'm just like, kid, you need to shut up. You're not helping the situation. <laughs> you know, some some of those guys have looser lips. I'm not going to tell any of them shut up because I enjoy when they go off the rails. I mean, there were a couple. Well, of, I, like, that's, that's what's his I name? I hearing him talk, but I'm just like, are you just admitting there's shit going on off the field? Like, I, I remember that one time he was talking. I was like, Medi, you're not helping with the conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? Like, you're only giving them credence. Well, all right. Well, I'm, I'm happy enough to give it to Nick Bolton. I mean, Kelly Bryant uh, played a little better, but he certainly didn't win any awards for it. And the defense... You know, no one in the secondary deserves it. Nick Bolton had, he won the, the award, if for nothing else, that giant hit that just backed, you know, it was on, uh, was it Juwan Jennings at the yeah. goal line and just mm-hmm. completely flopped him backwards. And Tennessee fans were outraged and yelling, targeting, even though it, I've looked at it time and again, and his helmet, he did not lead with the helmet. It was not well, targeting. You know, it was just a you, solid fucking hit. You know it's not targeting, and I can tell you why. It's because the SEC network played it several times. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean, like it was an impressive hit, and if, you know, and they never going to glorify any of that sort of targeting stuff. So that you know, you're going to see that hit in replay when they're trying to decide whether it's targeting. But they don't sh- They don't. Sh- they don't play that over and over again for everyone to see. Well, and, and, uh, and you know, the, plenty it, of play. And you know, it wasn't that they were hesitant to um, call targeting because they called targeting. In a different play that was, I think it was on Gibson. I can't remember who the call was against, but it was a horrible targeting call. And when they went to review, they blew it was off. Espy again? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it was Gillespie. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was just, a, I mean, it hit him in the ribs or something. They said it was targeting. It was bullshit, obviously. And so it's not like uh, they didn't call targeting on Bolton because um, they were hesitant to. I mean, it was just not targeting. So it was a, a one of those highlight reel sort of tackles for yeah. a defender, you know. I, I think it's a ba- it's 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 a really good sign or a really bad sign. And really, really not anything in between if you're having a guy win this award over and over again. Yeah. Because it means either you've got a fucking all-star player on your team or your team is so bad that there's only one guy that can win it. You know I mean, it's either really bad or really good, but... Well, uh, I think it's a, this over and over again is not is, is never just sort of middling. I think uh, both categories are true, Colin. I think we've got an all star on our team and we're total garbage and we only have one good player. Either way, the final result is Nick Bolton. You're the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. And that'll do it. We've wrapped up what is undoubtedly a slog. 
I mean, good God. We, if, yeah. if we're going to have to crack the beers open, we are going to have to have an episode where we just don't even talk about football. We talk about whatever the fuck because that's the only way to clean our palate, I think. Well, you know, good news is there's a Star Wars movie coming out next month, Brennan. <laughs> I guess we can I talk can about some, that. That'll fill some time. Yeah, as long as we're not talking about Yellowstone. That's trash. Now, you know what I was thinking what we might do is just let's talk about religion and politics Oh, people Stuff love that. that. Really, and really try to alienate some people. <laughs> That'll unify the fan base. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. All right, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Hot Wookie Cock.